Well, thank you, John, for that, that very wonderful sharing. Um, we could actually end our service there. That was a very meaningful <laughs> word. <laughs> but we have more. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see all of you. If you don't know me, I am Pastor Calvin. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I'm glad you have decided to join us, especially those this may be your first time here or maybe your hundredth time here. You're welcome in the house of God. And today is a very special day for our church. As you've heard, we are dedicating our church building. And so this is historical. This is momentous. And we will celebrate that in a moment. And because this new location, we just moved here back in October. And we already know that this place was a gift from God. If you know the history or the steps that led us to come here. But before I share the message, I want to prepare our time with a word of prayer. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we assemble this morning to remember your faithfulness to Christian Lehman Church over the many years, a hundred to be exact. We are so thankful of how you have used us over the generations to share the good news of Jesus Christ here and abroad. May we be obedient to your mission and let Jesus lead on as we settle into our new home. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was growing up, whenever my uncles and aunties gathered, I loved to hear the stories of their past, their life journeys, their immigration experiences, their hopes and dreams, their success stories, and of course, their heartaches and challenges. I am the byproduct of paternal great-grandparents who came overseas from China in the 1800s and settled first in the U.S. territory of Hawaii in the area of Kanaoi, Oahu. And on the other side, my maternal grandparents were from the old world where my grandmother was one of many concubines. I heard their terrible stories about the Chinese Exclusion Act that had real consequences to my family, like Angel Island interrogations and the fear of deportation because they did not have official papers showing that they were born here in America. I saw the tragedy of uncles starting a family in the United States, but still had a family back home in China because Immigration policies did not allow wives to be immigrants. Their history was my history. Now, one reason I enjoyed those times with my family and telling those stories was an inner question that I had, and I think many of us have had some time in our lives, and that question being, who am I? Growing up, honestly, can be difficult for those of us who are not part of dominant culture here in America. The forces, especially in the 1950s and the 1960s when I was in my formative years, the institutions and the systems that dictated assimilation were very powerful. Today, things are better, right? Or are they really? You know, hearing my family of origin stories that were so rich and full of culture helped me to remember 
and appreciate the sacrifices of the generations before me. That my identity should not be easily lost in the pursuit to blend in and not stick out. In a similar way, for those of us here who call ourselves Christian, knowing who we are in Christ is vital. Because given that the American church today does not have the greatest reputation in the general public, we can conveniently forget what it means to be a follower of Jesus when it is easier to blend in, to blend into the world than to stick out as people of faith. This challenge to live out our true identity as God's people is not unique to the church today. Throughout time, God had to remind his people who he was and who they were over and over again. In the scripture of the Bible, God continues to say to us, remember, remember, remember. And for that reason, I want us to look at the story of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. As we are dedicating this building, Nehemiah dedicated the rebuilt wall of Jerusalem. And from his example, I want to share some things I see that would be beneficial for us to remember. If you're able, let's turn together first to Nehemiah 6, verses 15 to 16, to understand the context of this wall and the subsequent dedication that is seen in chapter 12. Starting with verse 15 from Nehemiah chapter 6. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been, done, had been done with the help of our God. This scripture is referring to the wall that surrounded the city of Jerusalem. 52 days to finish this amazing engineering feat was quite sensational. To be able to rally the people to complete the rebuild, especially with all the internal and external opposition that Nehemiah faced in just a very short period of time was just short of a miracle. And as according to the scripture, demonstrated only with God's power that this reconstruction of that wall could be accomplished. That wall was more than just a mere physical barrier to protect Jerusalem, but it was a symbol of the spiritual condition, the spiritual health of the nation of Israel. When it was in ruins, in disarray, the Israelites were a defeated, ashamed people. When they rebuilt it together, they had a restored confidence in God and his protection. And after the wall was completed, Nehemiah gathered the people to prep them before they dedicated the wall by doing something that they had neglected for decades while they were in exile. Nehemiah 8, chapter 2, uh, chapter 8, actually, verses 2 and 3 tells us this. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. 
and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. By hearing the stories that were recorded in the book of the law, the people were reintroduced to their history with God. Which leads me to my first point. Remembering history builds faith. Letitia Morrison, who's an author and reconciler and the founder of the nonprofit Be the Bridge, which helps in diversity training and cultural recognition, says this When we lack historical understanding, we lose part of our identity. Turning this into a positive statement, when we gain historical understanding, we restore part of our identity. Like I shared about my personal family history, that is what is happening here with the Israelites hearing the law. With a restored sense of their identity with God, the people's response is described in Nehemiah 9, verses 5 to 8. The people stood tall and praised God. That's an amazing response. Verse 5 reads, Stand up and praise the Lord your God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens and all the starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. The Israelites were being reminded of God, the master of the universe, in this creation story. Verse 7 continues, You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. Here, the Israelites were next reminded of their heritage with the story of their great patriarch, Abraham. And the rest of chapter 9 continues on with more history of God's faithfulness to the Israelites. So, applying it to us today, Remembering our own history builds faith. Last year, we celebrated the 100th anniversary of Christian Lehman Church. And that's, to be honest, a long time. There aren't very many things I know that are still in existence after 100 years. Through discrimination, through war, through difficult economic times, we are still here. Because our history is full of stories of God's faithfulness to CLC. Our church was founded in 1922 when seven Japanese-American families left an established church in Berkeley to set up in one family's home a few blocks away. Christian Lehman began out of controversy when the pastor of the previous church they left was, was teaching false doctrine, saying that there were many paths to heaven besides Jesus. And these seven faithful families grew to church for Jesus until a shameful act by the U.S. government in 1942. At the start of World War II, the church was shut down because of the order to unjustly incarcerate people of Japanese descent in the internment camps. When the war ended and the members returned to Berkeley, California, they had to fight to get their church property back. And because God was on their side, they were successful to regain possession of their own property. And when the church was struggling in the early 1980s, when attendance dropped to 30 people, 
God blessed the church with a very young pastor who successfully transitioned the church to welcome the Asian diaspora. The church grew so much that the church property was too small for our needs. So we rented bigger spaces by Lake Merritt in the Oakland Hills. And having faith in God, we sold our Berkeley property at under market price to an African-American church so that ministry could continue in that neighborhood. And I believe because of that generous act of faith in 1994, God gave us this property almost 30 years later at an unbelievably un under market price when we were suddenly asked to vacate from our rental space. And here we are today preparing to dedicate this building, remembering history builds up our faith, and we have a lot of history to remember. And our faith is expressed through something called worship, which brings me to my second point. Remembering to worship shows trust. So my question for all of us to kind of consider what is worship? Well, for me, it's more than just singing a few songs. It's more than just listening to a, a, a nice message. It's more than just saying a simple prayer. It is more what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If true worship to God means being a living sacrifice, usually that means we have to trust who we want to sacrifice our lives to. And here, the call is Will we trust God to worship him? And that's what Nehemiah is calling his people to do in this story. Nehemiah 10 verse 29 says this, All these now join their fellow Israelites to nobles and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God which in the verses in Nehemiah 10, these commands pretty much involved the reinstitution of worship. Worship is basically keeping the Sabbath holy, which we see in Nehemiah 10, verse 31. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Nehemiah is reminding the people, which they had neglected for decades, the holiness and importance of Sabbath, which goes all the way back to the creation story that God on the seventh day rested. But oftentimes we forget that, especially in this 24-7 kind of world. Worship is giving first fruits and contributing to the upkeep of God's house of worship. Verse 35 says, We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. 
Verse 39 uh, goes further. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contributions of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms, where the articles for the sanctuary and for the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the musicians are also kept. And verse 39 finishes with what I would call the proverbial mic drop. We will not neglect the house of God. All of these reforms led by Nehemiah involve worship because worship shows who we trust. To honor the Sabbath, whether back in those days or today, means not working, not relying on ourselves for one day, but to rely on the provision of God. So I know a lot of us come from immigrant families who work to the bone seven days a week to provide for their families to ask them to not work for one day would be challenging but that's what god says to keep one day holy trust me and i will provide letting go the urgency to do to do the do's to rest and spend time with god requires trust trust because this is an act of worship to give our so-called precious first fruits away to the church is a demonstration of trust in God for sure. This is an act of worship. So a question for all of us to consider. How is your worship today? Are you being just a spectator? Are you, but are you instead an active participant? Are you trusting God to rest on your Sabbath day? Are you trusting God to provide by generous, generously giving away your first fruits to the church? And can you pledge like the Israelites did at the end of chapter 10? We will not neglect the house of our God. Because remembering to worship shows who we trust. Uh, I think I want to show a picture Okay. Um, I have a picture there, and do, do you all know what that is? Okay. No? It's, a, it's my chop. It's a seal. Some of us have that. That was given to me by my parents. It has my Chinese name on it. Actually, I don't know if you can actually legally have this anymore, or at least bring it into the country. It's made out of ivory, which, so it's expensive. Well, certain cultures I know in Korea, they still do. And organizations and institutions use seals for documents along with signatures. And it seems to make them more official or authentic. And, and we see in this story in Nehemiah 9, verse 38, that says, in view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. They're affixing their seals to it. So this verse gives me my final thought. Remembering commitments equals our dedication. Remembering and honoring our commitments is tangible evidence of dedication. And here, the Israelites are recommitting to follow God. Nehemiah does a very strong leadership move here. 
at the dedication of the Jerusalem wall by having the people sign a contract to obey God's laws. Because there's power and accountability when we sign a document for all to see later. It's stronger than a verbal agreement. I mean, when we seek legal advice, lawyers will always ask us, do you get it in writing? Well, dedication means my word is good. I will follow through in my commitments. Dedication is integrity, being responsible, dependable, and trustworthy. That's what's, what it means to be like Jesus. That's our identity in Christ. This Sunday, we will dedicate our place of worship to our Lord Jesus Christ. However, as mentioned before, God's church is not a physical building. The church is the people. The story of Nehemiah's dedication of the rebuilt Jerusalem wall was also the dedication of God's people to consecrate themselves. We saw them remember history, remember worship, and to remember their commitment to the word of, of God. And in a moment, Pastor Ben will lead us in an activity for this momentous day to create an art piece to commemorate the occasion of dedicating this building. Behind me, there's an art piece that was done almost 30 years ago back at SDA at Lake Merritt of a momentous time. And similarly, you will all be a part of an art piece that will represent this place here. And it doesn't matter if you're a member of our church or not a member. If you're a longtime uh, member or just a guest, you are here. And we want to record that for the generations to come to know that this happened. And I also want to take the opportunity to invite you as the Spirit leads to maybe dedicate yourselves or even rededicate yourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ this day. And by doing so, be blessed by our Heavenly Father for being living sacrifices for Him. So let's pray. Heavenly Gracious Father, thank you for your word that never returns void. Help each person who has heard my voice be transformed in some way. That their ears will hear what you want them to hear, for their eyes to see what you want them to see, for their minds to know what you want them to know, but most importantly, for their hearts to feel what you feel. May they know they have been blessed by you in some tangible way this week. With tremendous gratefulness, we prepare ourselves now to dedicate this place you have gifted us. And I pray this in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? 
We had a, uh, a great word from Pastor Calvin, and I'm selected to share a little bit uh, about what I hope is going to be uh, one of the uh, images for our church moving forward after we uh, dedicate this building. Uh, if you don't know me by now, my name is Daniel Kim. I'm a commercial real estate advisor, and um, I'm also your brother in Christ. So, uh, you know, I'll call you my brother or sister in Christ, and uh, we will be blessed. But uh, I just started attending this church uh, around uh, six months ago, and um, at that time, I wasn't regularly attending. And the times that I did go to church, I always had a hard time feeling like I felt uh, like I fit in. And because of that, I would bounce from church to church. And uh, some of these places, I really was blessed a lot. But at the same time, I was still kind of living my life. I used to be a professional fighter, and I taught martial arts classes and cardio kickboxing, and I had a very busy social life from that. And um, I guess you pick up some other habits, and then financial difficulties, uh, you know, you find a way to make some money here and there, and I just kind of did some stuff that I always kind of felt like I could depend on back in those days. If uh, anybody knows uh, or used to live that life, uh, you would have seen me out on Broadway uh, until about 3 a.m. in the morning. I was a doorman over there at some of those clubs. So uh, I, I, I really didn't fit in a lot of places, I guess, right? And one day I heard this good saying. They said, Daniel, you know, there's no perfect church for you. There's not a place anybody fits in. Everybody has their stories. Everybody has their traumas. Uh, and once you do find a perfect church, Daniel, once you start going over there, I already know it's not going to be perfect anymore. <laughs> so I was like, wow, you know. So I kind of had that on my heart, and uh, over the past few years, uh, you know, many more ups and downs. I got hit by a car that caused me to have another change in my career that also put me back into a place of, you know, rededication, I guess. And uh, I was living another life back then, too. But then, long story short, maybe one day we'll sit down and have a coffee, uh, and we'll talk about it if you want. But uh, it's a long, long story, but I've been through some ups and downs, just like a lot of you have. And over the pandemic, I learned some tough lessons, some very tough lessons. So uh, um, anyway, coming back out of the pandemic, I was kind of looking for a place to be a part of again. And I said, man, this is probably good for you, Daniel, to be a part of a church, a regular church. So I met uh, Pastor Eric, and, and it all comes back around in a circle. I'm not just telling you the history of how I found my way over here. But uh, I met Pastor Eric at one of my clients or my prospects' uh, social gatherings at his house. And he said, hey, Daniel, you know, I'm, I'm over here uh, at a, and if you don't know Pastor Eric, he's, uh, he's my friend over there in the back uh, wearing the glasses, good looking dude. Uh, he goes, yeah, you know, I'm a pastor. I said, oh, wow, you're a pastor, you know, and in my head, if you want to get into it, it's a long story. But in my head, I was like, hmm. And then I was like, it seems like a real cool guy. Well, you should give this church a try. And I came over here. He explained it's an old Japanese-American church, and it's 100 years old. And I came in, first service, and I was like, wow, this is something else. I ended up praying with Pam in the back. Caitlin led us all to have a group prayer. And I was like, this is real. You know, I've never been to a church like this, but this is very real, you know. Um, 
And then the next week, we had another service where we were with the House of Oakland House of Worship, and we had a joint service outside at the park. And I was like, this is also very real. I feel God here, you know? And uh, we had some great food. And then I learned, wow, they feed you very good here too. So, uh, okay, I got to keep coming, you know? And then, again, going back to my church experience before, I, I never really got involved, you know. I always felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like, hey, man, this is a place, if they really knew how I was living, they probably wouldn't, you know, want me to be involved or anything like that, right? So this was back in those years. And uh, uh, I felt, hmm, if I just give myself a chance realizing, hey, everybody's finding a place to fit in. Nobody feels like they really fit in anywhere anyways. Uh, even kind of the way I talk, I'm, I'm born originally in Houston, Texas, and I raised, I was raised there my whole life. I came to San Francisco Bay Area in 2009, so my accent's a little different too, and then some people who's not familiar with Asian people from Houston, they think that I'm trying to talk a certain way, and I'm like, no, no, if I talk like my parents talk, you know, it'd be much different. They'd be like, Harold, how are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. I speak like how other people would taught me English around me. So all those kind of things made me feel like when it comes to what this church is, uh, a few weeks back, I said, hey, man, I hope that this place becomes very diverse. We're in a great neighborhood. This place is going to be a great place to reach out to. We have a beautiful building. But I'm just diverse as in uh, skin color or uh, stuff like that. I'm talking about, yeah, like uh, how John said. I want this place to feel welcoming to more people who maybe had those kind of misgivings about church, like myself, uh, to want them to want to be a part of a community, uh, people who come from different backgrounds, who have come from different economic backgrounds, who's not from California, who's not from generations and generations of people in the Bay Area, who didn't go to Cal U, uh, or you, did I call that the wrong thing? Cal Berkeley? So uh, my dream and hope is that we become a very open and welcoming place for more people like myself. And as we grow, we're going to have more members. And as we have more members, we're probably going to need more services. And Pastor Calvin, you're probably going to have to make more uh, uh, messages. And uh, we're all going to be more and more blessed. I, I guess that's kind of what my hope is. Yeah. Um, you spoke because you're the most recent member to our church. Uh, um, um, my name is, um, <clears throat> I, I got a cold, so um, you got to uh, bear with me. Um, my name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at um, Christian Layman. And, um, you know, this morning, um, as... I was helping um, Ron and, and Bob Koyama set up for a fellowship. Um, they, they were taking down the chairs, and they were going, oh, my back hurts, or my, my, my knee hurts. And I, I remember um, Ron going to Bob. Bob go, hey, can you believe that we're the oldest people at our church now? I, I remember when we used to come to our church, and we were the youngest person, and now we're the oldest person. And so, as I was listening to them, I was like kind of chuckling in my heart and um, listening to Pastor Calvin's message this morning. You know, the reason we are here is because of people like Bob, um, people like um, Ron, and, and people like John, who's been here for, what, almost 40 years, right? And I, I just want to say thank you for your, um, your dedication. 
uh, your faithfulness and um, your love uh, for our church. Um, so um, as we remember uh, this special day, uh, we are going to do something very special. So if you look at um, the four corners of each corners, and there are tables, and there's actually a piece of fabric. It's not a regular piece of paper. It's a fabric, and it's a very, very special pen. And what I want you to do is, just like as we commemorated, <coughs> just like as we commemorated, uh, you can write your names, uh, you could write um, your verse, favorite verse. Uh, you could even draw. Um, I, I was looking at uh, the pictures. They got some really, really, ex um, you know, creative arts. So what you want to do is in the grid, in the grid, don't go outside of the grid, okay? In the grid, uh, make sure you write your name, your art, or whatever that you want to um, write. And... And this is what we're going to officially create. Uh, we're going to create a quilt. And CLC is what you're going to write this morning. And it's going to be going to the CLC. And the outside, we're going to envision, we're going to create some designs. And hopefully, um, Scott's mom, Mrs. Lynn, is going to... Um, Put, uh, put everything together, and we're going to show it sometime in the future. So right now, right now, uh, I <laughs> of all days, right, 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 I know, I know. So there's only three pieces of paper, and there's multiple paints, but uh, three at a time, I want people to come up. And um, if you have right now what your vision, you want to start right now. But those of you guys, you guys could just kind of wait and just like, hey, what do I want to do? And you could talk about that. So we, we have a special music right now. And we're going to just let you guys um, create the artwork. Okay? Thanks. You are love. You bring light to the dark. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your
All right, if, if you guys can hear me uh, wherever you are, uh, you can just pause for a second. Um, we, we are going to conclude service uh, just by uh, gathering in a circle and then also maybe taking a group picture. Um, but uh, first, we're going to gather in a circle and pray. Um, if you have not had a chance yet to um, write on the cloth for the quilt, uh, there will still be plenty of opportunity after service and while we um, uh, do Holy Child together. So um, don't fret. You will still have time. Still find, you know, when, when you're ready, make your way over to those stations. 
it'll be available for a while. Um, but but now uh, we're going to do something a little different. So if you are able to stand and would like to join us, we're just going to make one big circle in this room, and then we're going to just pray over the uh, church building. <laughs> I think some of the youth are coming back. You guys can make your way in. There's plenty of room around here. We're just gathering in a circle. Just, uh, just, just want to say a, a, a quick word of dedication, but um, I know this looks kind of as you would expect uh, to be a church building. This is kind of your, it, it, it's got the vibe, it's got the cross, um, and it looks like a church building. But I did want to remind us that... Um, this is a church because I, I came across this quote, but uh, basically this is a church because we and God are here in this place and not because we purchased it as a church building. Right. So we are the people that that make up the church and um, do the ministry here that God has given us. Um, and so right now we're just going to say a quick prayer of uh, blessing and dedication uh, over the building. Uh, and I just love this picture of us uh, kind of as a, as a huge family uh, gathered here to say this. Um, uh, Sylvia and I are going to pray really quickly, but uh, during that time, as, as you feel led, feel free to also just um, either out loud or silently uh, just just pray over this space, pray over this church congregation, this family, um, pray that God's uh, mission uh, for this church will be fulfilled and that we will be fruitful and, and um, really just glorify him uh, and point everything towards his kingdom. So uh, I'm going to have Sylvia pray for us real quick. Okay, let's close our eyes. Um, dear God, we unite in a circle, in unity, in front of you, dedicating this building to you, and we also are dedicating our hearts. Father, you provided us with a building now for uh, 1.4 million versus, you know, a while ago, the previous building, 1956, for $3,500. You have been with us the whole time for the last hundred years. Even when we didn't have a building, when our Isais and Isais were just in the internment camp, you were with them. And when we were renting at SDA for 28 years, you've been with us as well. So we know your faithfulness and we thank you for that. Father, I just pray that this building that we are dedicating um, is a building that, like Daniel said, is a welcoming place for your people and people who have yet to know you. Father, I just pray that you be with each one of us. Help, this, help us to use building for your glory. Help us to use building, use this building to bring more people to you, Father. Uh, we are sinful, but you are perfect. So we just lift it up to you, Father, and just pray that you guide us and be our leader for the next hundred years. Amen. Uh, I'm going to read from from First Kings. Uh, this is First Kings eight. This is when Solomon was actually dedicating the temple that had just been built. Um, 
So this is First Kings eight fifty seven. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Let these words of mine uh, with which I have pleaded before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night, and, he, and may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires, that all the peoples of the earth may know the Lord is God. There is no other. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. Um, so this should just be a, a kind of reminder and um, just a dedication that, uh, as Pastor Calvin said, this is a dedicated building and a dedicated people. Uh, and we are the ones that are living out CLC's missions to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. And so uh, just join me as we, we pray over this. And then I'm also going to pray over our holy child time as well and bless that before we take a group picture and head over there. Uh, Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the blessing of this space. Um, what a, a testament to your goodness and your faithfulness to this church and uh, to these people that are, are seeking to uh, live out your mission and your calling um, for, for each and every person here. Uh, God, we, we just ask that you allow this space to be a tool for your kingdom. Uh, would it not be something that distracts us or, or even could become an idol, but, but would it just be a space where your uh, presence is so clearly felt, uh, where we can gather and just worship and glorify your name, uh, where we can gather and hear your word uh, taught to us? And would it, would it just convict our hearts and uh, in our minds and, and would we have transformed lives uh, because we gather together and, and we just thank you for the space that you have provided for us to gather. Uh, God would, would each and every endeavor that, that, that happens here uh, really just be magnified by, by you and um, would people just be drawing near to you uh, because of the things that you have blessed us with and, and would we tell your story and tell of your faithfulness uh, and, and just share this testimony of, of even just how this building came into our, our hands. And uh, So God, today uh, is a special day of dedication and, and uh, just I, I hope and pray that you are uh, looking down and smiling upon us as we glorify you and give thanks to you. Um, and as we move into a time of uh, breaking bread together, uh, God, we, we thank you for the, just the provision, not just of the space, but for, just for your daily provision and for the provision of food and the provision of, of fellowship and relationship. Uh, we, we just ask for your blessing over, over the food in that time. Um, again, in everything we do, would we glorify you? Uh, and would, would it not just be things that we are doing as, as a, a people that are gathering, but uh, would these things be uh, just magnifying your kingdom uh, as we gather in your name? So we pray this blessing and, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, real quick, we're going to take a quick picture, hopefully very quickly. So if you guys can come up this way and look in that direction.